Rebbeshiva.org, Shiur on Halacha and History. Where basically we talk about how Halacha dealt with the new things that arose uh, throughout history. Like a lot of different topics we spoke about. Spoke about discovery of new animals, discovery of uh, the turkey. We spoke about that in the first uh, couple of shurim. We spoke about the printing press, how that changed, or how the computers, how that changed the halacha regarding uh, kosher sleepy Torah. And now we're at a topic we're speaking in the last two weeks, which hopefully we'll put together this week, is the whole topic of how we deal with areas where the time zone just doesn't make sense. Well, in the ancient world, again, a lot of the topics here we spoke about, I just want to actually summarize it and start putting putting it together. So in the ancient world, people lived where they lived. People didn't travel too much. And if they did travel, they would travel very, very slowly. The concept of, of areas where there, you know, there's time zone changes just, didn't really, I mean, not time zone, I mean, the, the clock changes, yeah, time zone changes, wasn't even relevant. Only like in the 1800s, the world gets together because the railroads and people were traveling quickly from place to place and they needed to organize timetables because each country had their own times and they had to sort of, sort of get the world all in order. So that's why they made up uh, basically the, uh, the world the world time zones just in the 1800s. In the ancient world, it just wasn't that way. And the issue starts getting worse when we start talking about when the internet talk about the international, the international uh, time zone. So the international dateline, to be more precise, is a concept which we'll talk about right now. Again, we spoke about it earlier, but we just want to talk talk about it just again for a second. Okay. So we talk about today time zone runs around the area around over here so it runs and runs in the, in the pacific i believe this would be the international time zone more or less maybe it is it anyway yeah i think it probably is so at the end of the day the world has an international dateline where if you're on the left hand side of this line you're part of, let's say, for the sake of argument, Sunday. Sunday begins over here. And as we move forward, you know, it, the sun rises later and later and later and later and later, right? So Israel, for the sake of argument, is six hours uh, behind China. And then we get to America. And again, we're still on Sunday. And all of a sudden, we get to here, already begins Monday. So what happens if someone happens to be on one side of this line and another person the other side of the line? If you, you cross over it, one person will be on Sunday, the other person will be on Monday. So if you happen to be over here in Alaska, for example, Alaska, the very, very, very end of Sunday, right? That's where Sunday actually reaches last in the world right across from it is already beginning monday so you can easily just go right across the bearing straight and you just skipped a whole day so this is something which was again relatively new just like in the 1800s they sat down and defined you know where where the international dateline is going to be so now we have another 
dilemma, what to do when a person goes to the areas of, let's say, Japan, and what day is it in Japan? Do we say that Japan, the day starts before Israel, but it's still part of the same day? Or do we say that Japan is on the other side of the international dateline? Well, you might tell me, well, what are you talking about? Why would Japan be on the other side of the international dateline? It, it's not. And the answer is that one second. What is the origin of defining when the day begins and when it ends? The world got together around the 1800s and they just made a decision. We talk here about Shabbos. We just rely on what people decide is Shabbos in their area. Is Shabbos objective? Is Shabbos subjective? So again, as long as people are living in one area, they count six days, the last seven days Shabbos, no problem. And we move a little bit further east, then Shabbos comes in earlier than in Israel, right? And if you move further west, you're moving towards America, Shabbos comes in later than it comes in in Israel. Question is, what happens when you get to Alaska? Do we say that Alaska Shabbos comes in much later than Israel? Shabbos will come in, let's say, 11 hours, 12 hours after Israel? Or do we say that Alaska really, it's already the next day, it's already Sunday, and therefore they should be keeping Shabbos on Friday? Interesting question. What do we do with Japan? Do we say that Japan already belongs to the next day, and Japan should really be keeping Shabbos on Sunday? Or do we say that in Japan, the day begins much earlier than Israel, and their Shabbos just begins earlier, earlier than us. So that is one of the huge dilemmas that occurred literally just recently. It occurred, we mentioned, it occurred in the Second World War when the Mir Yeshiva and the Chachmei Lublin Yeshiva escaped to Japan. They were known, of course, to be in Shanghai. That's what it was famous for. However, before he made it to Shanghai, which is in China, which was not an issue at all, uh they were in japan where in japan there was a whole argument what was that argument again we spoke about it elaborately in the first year about two weeks ago but i just want to touch base and finalize all the points and talk about what we do about keeping shabbos in the arctic circle and places where there's no day and there's no and there's no night so first of all let's uh let's discuss the points that we mentioned about about the about the uh the dateline. Okay, what is time zero right now? And you'll see how the beautiful elements of the logic behind that's a point here in the shear. It's not just to give information, but to understand. And we see a lot of sources inside, which Bezvat Hashem, I mean, we saw a lot in the past. Uh, we'll, we'll look in, in sources as well very shortly. But let's first talk about the idea, okay? Where is our zero in the world? Unmute or chat. Feel free. What is our zero? UTC, as it's called. Isn't that in Greenwich? That's right. It's in Greenwich. Greenwich, which is right here. Let's actually see where Greenwich is. There we go. 
We have Greenwich right here in front of us. Okay. So Greenwich, which is right next to right next to London. Okay. Why was Greenwich chosen to be the center of the world? There's actually two reasons to it. I guess the, the British Navy. Very good. The country that really, the kingdom, the empire, perhaps is a better word, that controlled the world at the time was the British Empire. And the British Navy was the Navy that controlled the world. And they, they are the ones they really wanted to set the tone of what the hours are. So if we make England, London, or Greenwich is right next to London, we make that the zero line, which means that it usually goes by the afternoon. But for the sake of argument, let's say when the sun rises in England, uh, that's hour zero. And in Israel, the sun rises two hours before England. In China, the sun rises, let's say, uh, six hours before, before England, for the sake of argument, okay? Depending where, what, what. So there were two reasons for choosing Greenwich. Number one, it's the center of the world. Number two, it fits perfectly because the dateline, the international dateline, you see runs through the Pacific. What are we gaining by it running through the ocean and let's say not running through the middle of China or through the middle of Japan? What are we gaining? Something really important. Let's go, what are we gaining? And you can see how important this, this question is. When we see what the Chazun Ish said, it's actually, it's mind boggling. Okay, go ahead. So. Why do we want the international dateline to go through through the ocean and not not go on land? Right. What would happen if the international dateline would actually go through a continent? Would go through a country? What would happen? Okay. Imagine the middle of China, right? Okay, certainty, but okay. Meaning what, let, no, I mean, let's assume that you have a hat. Let's assume the dateline goes through, through the middle of, uh, of China, right? A person can be on one side of the street and for them it would be Sunday. The other side of the street would be Monday. Let's, uh, let's actually take a case of Shabbos as a great example, right? The kitchen could be in Friday and the living room could be in Shabbos. You can actually cook in the kitchen and then bring the food in to the living room and Shabbos, right? So what ended up happening is that the, the world decided, that, you know something, let's not have the dateline run through, run through any piece of land. Let's have it run through the ocean. By the way, it's not a straight line. It's a line that actually goes around islands. And it's a line, by the way, also that changed over the years. Like some islands used to, Decided that they were on, uh, they were in the early part of the day, like in China, Japan, and their day began early. Their, their Sunday just began a little earlier than it began in China, Japan. You know, that's when it began early. And then they decided, you know, something, nope, we actually want to be part of the other side of the world and we're part of the, or part of the next day. <laughs> so, or actually the, pre, the previous day. It happened, by the way, with Alaska. Alaska used to belong to China, I'm sorry, to Russia. So the Russians wanted Alaska to be part of them. So they had Alaska, really the sunrise in Alaska was a really, uh, let's say early Sunday. Uh, Alaska was Sunday, just the sun rose, the Sunday began before the Sunday in Russia and in Europe, but it was still Sunday. When it was given over to America, they changed 
And they said, no, 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 no. It's not early Sunday. We're, we are actually the latest uh, beginning of Sunday in the world. So it's really already Monday in Russia. So they actually went, they went back a day. Uh, it was a decision taken over there. So all this really is arbitrary. So it made sense to make the center of the world. It made sense to make it uh, London, right over here where it says Ireland, but it's really London. A little before, there we go. Yoki right over here, because we gained two things. One, as you said, correct, the British were the empire of the world. So that became the center of the world. And second of all, it made perfect sense because now we can make the date line exactly in the middle of the ocean and it fits everybody. All that is perfect. The question is though, what do we do regarding halakha? In halakha, is that in fact the date line in Japan? Is Saturday in Japan, today Japan is on our side, uh, I mean our side, it's on, it's on the, it's the beginning of the day in the world dateline. So when they say it's Saturday in Japan, is that really Shabbos or is really Japan like Alaska? Do we say it's the other side of the dateline? At which point in Japan, Shabbos really should be Sunday. The difference between halacha and um, and the regular dateline of today is dateline of today is arbitrary. People made it up, and that's really the question: Is Shabbos something that you could just make up by the way people feel about it? They decide that that's the day, or do we go by some uh, higher? tradition of defining when Shabbos is. So you have a number of uh, commentaries that spoke about this, that we, we that we brought. One of the most famous ones, going back to the 1200s, Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, the Kuzari, already observes that there's such a concept of a, of a dateline. Now, the dateline, by the way, the was discovered, you won't believe who actually discovered the dayline, it was discovered by, by uh, Magellan. When they traveled around the world, they traveled around the world and they went, they went uh, west. And when they come back to, when they, when they come back to, uh, to Spain, they realize something very, Europe to be more precise, they realize something very strange. They actually, Gained the day, and they couldn't figure out how that happened. They were counting the days and counting everything, and they realized that they had gained the day, and that's really when they discovered that you you can't just keep going west and just keep saying, "Oh, the day comes in later, 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 later," because at the end of the day, you know, you you can say that uh, the sun rises in let's say in Israel at a certain time, the sun will rise in Italy later, it will rise in England later. It will rise in New York later. It will rise in Los Angeles even later. And it will rise in Japan even later. It will rise in China even later. What point do you say, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's not part of the same day. We're already part of the next day. That's the interesting part. So what happened was they were unaware of that concept. And as such, when they went all the way around the world, they kept thinking the sun, you know, the day is just starting later and later and later and later. And they actually crossed over the international timeline, conceptional timeline. There was no official one at the time, and they get back a day early. 
By the way, Around the World in 80 Days, you're all aware of the, uh, the famous book? You could say no also, Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, so over there also the book, the book also talks about the fact that when they, when they arrived back, they thought they arrived too late. But in fact, they had arrived a day early again because they had crossed over, they had crossed the, uh, they had crossed the timeline. Okay, anyway, back to it. So the Kuzari already talks about it, and he decides that the center of the world, let's go. What would be the center of the world? If today we go by, by uh, Greenwich, England, because again, England was the empire of the world at the time, what would you suggest from a halacha point of view would be the center of the world? Okay, Naomi, you're saying Israel. We agree? And where in Israel? Okay. Where in Israel would you say? Okay, Yerushalayim. Now, interesting enough, some commentaries say that it is Israel, but not necessarily uh, Yerushalayim is Yerushalayim. Some say Yerushalayim is the center of the world. And some say, one second, let's begin from when Shabbos began. When was the first time that Shabbos was kept? It was kept in the Sinai Desert when they left Egypt. They got to a place called Alush, and that's where they began keeping Shabbos. So let's begin from that Shabbos. In truth, okay, uh, the Sinai Desert and Jerusalem is more or less the same line. So uh, wherever Alush is, this area over here, this is the Sinai Desert. So wherever Alush happened to be, you see uh, it's practically the same line as Jerusalem. So we really killed two birds with one stone. We say Shabbos began in the desert. We say that Israel is the center of the world, Jerusalem is the center of the world, and we see that they began keeping it in, in, in the Sinai Desert, which is more or less the same uh, line of, uh, of Israel. So let's make that the center of the world. And then the Kuzari says, you know what? Let's say that in Israel, the time begins, whatever it begins, that, that becomes moment zero. And let's go back six hours. So basically, he goes back to China, six hours ahead of Israel. He decides the day has uh, 12 hours. So we go by six hours earlier than Israel, which is China. And we go six hours later than Israel, which is the area of New York, which at that time, we have to remember, were they even aware that there was a continent called America? Were they aware of it? Easy question. Yes, no. Time of the Kuzuri, 1200s. Was anyone even aware there was a continent called America? Feel free to unmute a chat. Were they aware of it? Okay, in the year 1200. Isn't the year Columbus 1200. in uh, 1492? That's right. Very good. And why did Columbus sail to America? What, where do you think he was sailing to? I to India. India. And when he arrived on land, he thought he was in India. Hence, he called the natives of there Indians. So no one even knew it existed. So the Kuzari lives in a world where they firmly believed that the entire land area, they believed at that time, which again, talking about the topic of the Shir, which is halacha and history, the world believed at the time that the only place there was land, land began in the area of England and stretched all the way to the end of China. He mentions, he mentions China. Australia was not known and uh, the continent of America was not known. So 
land. They thought half the world was land and half the world was sea. That's really what they believed. So the Kuzari says this makes perfect sense now. Let's make Israel, Israel, it, it just, it fits so beautifully when you think about it, right? Why did we say before that it's so beautiful to say that Greenwich is the middle? First of all, the British control the world. Second of all, if you go 12 hours each direction, it's perfect. You end up in the middle of the ocean. It all fits. You don't mess up any countries with the date line. It fits perfectly. So the Kuzari also fits perfectly. He came up with the idea that there's a time zone. He learned it from the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, which we learned a couple weeks ago. And he beat everybody by three hundred years can you imagine such a thing and he comes along and says jerusalem is the middle and we're going to take six hours each way because the day has 12 hours and the six hours fit perfectly it meets china on one hand and on the other hand it actually spreads into the ocean the middle of middle of the ocean the atlantic well okay what, what can you do over there and it all fits perfectly everything makes perfect sense the timeline at the end is is china well, based on that, Japan is not, the day doesn't begin earlier than China. It's really, it's the next day. So Shabbos in Japan would be on Sunday. But were they even aware of Japan at the time? Nope. <laughs> he mentions China as the furthest place east. Again, weren't aware. He didn't say they did not know about Japan, but it appears that Japan was not even mentioned at all. People in those days, I doubt, made it, made it past China and any travels of any kind. Anyway. So that's the Kuzari. You find that years later, as in about 100 years ago, you had a rabbi who was very, very knowledgeable in um, uh, astronomy, science, you know, physics, and also in halacha. His name is Rabbi Tikuchinsky. And he said, you know something? Let's not go by six hours each direction. Let's do the same way the world is. Let's go 12 hours. So half the way around the world, if you go from Israel halfway around the world, you end up in Alaska, more or less. So according to Rabbi Tikuchinsky, basically, you don't go by six hours. Let's like it did with Greenwich, just go halfway around the world. Israel's the center. So Halfway around the world is where the day actually begins. So the day begins roughly in, in Alaska. So Alaska really, in fact, uh, will be the beginning of, of the day. Japan also, let's say, is, the, is earlier than Israel, but it's part of the same day as Israel, just much earlier. It's not the next day. So according to Rabbi Tikuchinsky, basically Japan, all the islands in the area over here, there's no issue whatsoever. It's definitely part of the beginning of the cycle versus the end. So Shabbos in Japan is Shabbos. It's not Sunday. That's Rabbi Tikuchinsky. Now, you have an opinion of the Chazon Ish. And the Chazon Ish, Rabbi Avram Mishael Karelis, comes along with an incredibly innovative insight. Mind-boggling. And he was actually ahead, ahead of his time in, 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 the way, in the way of thinking. And he says, one second. He said, let's not view so much as far as, the, um, you know, 12 hours here or 12 hours there. Let's not go down that direction at all. Let's still assume Israel is center in the world. But let's go by the continents, which, by the way, eventually, were, the same idea when they went 
by the international timeline, they try to split it in the sea and not really break up continents. So the Chazunish says, look, the continent of Asia really ends the way he saw it. It ends before Japan. So he takes Israel again as the center, and he said, let's not make a line going through any specific place. Let's actually make it go around the continent, which is actually the same idea that the international timeline system chose to do. Just that he draws his line between China and Japan because the continent of Asia ends, uh, according to his understanding, right after China before Japan. So you have a very, very interesting concept. Again, what he came up with was very innovative, where the Siberian area, even though it's further east than Japan, would still be part of the mainland because the timeline actually surrounds the uh, land, the, the, the continent area. So basically, just to summarize, okay, if we try to figure out when Shabbos is, in the very far east. Everyone agrees China is going to be, Shabbos in China is Shabbos. The question is going to be, do we say that in Japan, it just that Shabbos comes in earlier than China, that's the beginning of the world, that their beginning of Shabbos, or what they call Shabbos, that's the way they call it today. Or do we say that, no, it's really the other side of the world, it's like Alaska, at which point, Shabbos is at the very, very, very end, and Japan now really is part of the, in Japan, Shabbos really comes in on, on Sunday. So those are the very big questions. Also, you have questions about certain islands in the, in, the, in the Pacific Ocean, where you have very, very big questions exactly when Shabbos is. So the questions you're going to have are going to be in Japan. The questions you're going to have are in islands, let's say, like in Hawaii. Okay, you can have questions over there of when when Shabbos actually is. So the obvious question is, okay, very nice that we, we saw all the all the ideas inside, we saw everything inside. What do we do? What do we do? Halakha Lamasa. Practically, what do we do? So over there you have uh, sites, for example, like the like the Starcade that deal with this because they send Meshgichim all over the world. So what the star case says to do Rabbi Heinemann Paskind, that we go by the majority of opinions, but we try to avoid doing uh, Torah prohibitions on Shabbos uh, if there are opinions that say that it is Shabbos that day. So for example, the main Shabbos in Japan, according to most opinions, okay, if you go by Rabbi Tikuchinsky and by the rabbis that say that we go by whatever is considered to be Shabbos in that place. So Japan, according to most opinions, Saturday in Japan is Shabbos. That's when we keep Shabbos. However, Sunday in Japan, it's preferred to not do um, you know, prohibitions to be on the safe side of what the Chazon Ish said. And same goes uh, for, for Hawaii and same goes for, for the other islands. Uh, with your permission, I'd just like to also share. Let me see if this is it. Here we go. Let's go down actually to the halacha. Okay. Rabbi, so, before the halacha, we go here, did, do we, I'm sorry? does that hold the prohibition from the, only from the Torah or also from the Rebbe, uh, Rebbeim? 
Okay, so let's say also you have another option too. You could do things machinery also, which um, which helps. So let's 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 see over here. So okay, first let's say consult with a rub. Okay, and it goes as follows. Okay, one should follow the majority of opinions, which again would place Japan in the Japan Saturday as Shabbos. Okay, but observe only the Torah, only the Oraita on the minority opinion. But to answer your question, which is a very, very good question, rabbinical prohibitions, such as shopping, handling of mukta, are permissible on a day which minority opinions consider Shabbos. Okay? In addition, and this is a very, very important part over here, even performing a biblically described violation through a shinui would also be permitted. In other words, as long as you don't do it the regular way, you hold something in an odd way. You, you don't you're like if you instead of you know if you need to twist something, you don't just hold it with your hand and twist it the regular way. You could like hold your hand a little bit backwards and do it in an odd way. That also converts it into rabbinical, making it then uh, permissible. So let's actually see the practical cases. The local ramifications are as follows. So in New Zealand and Japan. Saturday, as we said, is Shabbos. Okay, those are according to most opinions. But on Sunday, however, according to the Chazon Ish, Shabbos is the local day. I'm sorry, Shabbos is the local Sunday. I, I didn't read it correctly. Therefore, on Sunday, one should not do Malacha Doraita. But we hold that Shabbos is Saturday. That's when we do the Shabbos davening and everything else. Hawaii, Hawaii is really, really interesting. Okay, in Hawaii, Saturday is Shabbos according to the Chazon Ish. That's interesting because the Chazon Ish puts it on the other side of the timeline. But according to Rabbi Tikuchinsky, as we remember, remember it goes all the way to all the way to Alaska. So uh, we hold, according to most opinions, that on Shabbos we hold <clears throat> we hold in Alaska on Shabbos, but Friday. We try to not do malachot. So now we have a very interesting problem in Hawaii. It's absolutely fascinating because if Friday we can't do halacha things, and how does one light Shabbos candles? How does one prepare food for Shabbos, right? So either, as he said over here, cooking could be done on Thursday or on Friday, we're going to turn on water, okay? Like Shabbos candles, using an elbow or chin over, you try to basically try to light the candle in an odd in an odd way but if you look over there i believe in, in the chabad site or other places i think the uh i have to check what, what the chabad over there say one second this is, is this the chabad yeah the chabad center let's see what they write the chabad in hawaii okay so we say some rabbinical authorities say you must keep two days which is really friday and and shabbos Okay, but the local communities on each island they keep Shabbos as Shabbos. Okay, very interesting. That is the uh, that is the way the communities on the islands. That's what they do. So if you want to be more stringent, as Star K would say, then on Friday anything you have to do, do with a shinu, do with a little bit of a change. So you're okay with the with the opinion of Rabbi Tikuchinsky. However, we do see here that the Chabad on the island. Say that they keep Shabbos and Shabbos, which again, that's the way the Chazoni says, according to the dateline, and many other kind of the overall majority of, of commentaries in Hawaii say that that's what, that's what we go by. Okay, so 
quick, quick, quick summary, and then we go on to the next related topic, which is going to be what we do in the as far as what how do we keep Shabbos in the Arctic Circle. So very, very quick summary. Okay. All right. One is that uh, the question really is when does the day begin? And the way the world decided it, they went by England as the center of the world, which worked out perfectly for two reasons. A, they were a dominating empire, and B, halfway around the world was the middle of the Pacific Ocean, a great place to make the dateline. Perfect. Now, uh, the question is, does that apply also for Judaism, for tradition, which has to be based on a tradition versus just an opinion of people that got together and arbitrarily decided something. So we see that the Kuzari and Rav Zrachia Halevi, the Chazun Ish, and many, many others viewed Israel as the center. The Kuzari says, again, he was living in the ancient world, and he said, you know what, let's just go to the end of the continent, let's go six hours back. China is the dateline. The Chazun Ish also held China as the dateline because you go by the end of the continent, which again was quite innovative. That is the way they made the international dateline, the concept. Yet, yet the world decided that Japan is part of is part of uh, the Asian continent for the timeline, and you have a lot of opinions that say, no, let's just go by the timeline that was uh, decided by the world. And uh, basically, we have a lot of interesting opinions what to do in the area of Japan and the islands again. Some say we go by whatever people go by. Some say that we go by, uh, you know, the end of China and Japan is uh, not part of the time zone of that day. It really belongs to the next day. So the end of the day, the halacha is, for the most part, you'll keep whatever the day in that area actually is. Uh, we go by the majority of commentaries, and we try to be careful on the other day to do things either bishinoi or not do things that are that are from from the Torah. Okay, so that's regarding the timeline. Now, we then spoke about last week. We brought elaborately, we read inside, what to do about areas where there is no sunrise, sunset, and we saw the commentaries. We read them inside. When you talk about the whalers, people that started going uh, fishing for whales or whaling in the northern part of the hemisphere. And then the problem is over there that there is no sunrise or sunset. Here, let's go up. Here's the Arctic Circle, okay, the Arctic Ocean. We get to the Arctic Circle. What do you do? What do you do in the Arctic Circle? There's no sunrise and there's no sunset. So we saw last week two opinions. We saw one opinion of the Tiferet Yisrael. We read it inside. And he comes along with an idea and he says, look, if you have no sunrise and sunset, then what you should do is that you should go by the last place that you left. That port will become your port. So as a result, what happens now if you have to be in the Arctic Circle, one person join you on the whaling ship and they came from Flatbush. They came from Far Rockaway. Another person came from Natalia. Two people in the same place, according to the uh, Tiferet Israel, would keep Shabbos sunrise, sunset in two different times. One would go by 
the port they left, which would be Israel, and the other one would go by the port they left, which would be America. Truth be told, in, in the era of the Tiferet Israel, that wasn't really such a dilemma because there were no planes. So when he spoke about that people will go by the port they left from, he actually was referring to the port when they would go to the areas of uh, whaling, they probably would either leave from Sweden or from Iceland, one of those places, and that's where the ships would leave to go whaling. So they would be from the northern areas anyway. That's probably what he meant. He did not probably he did not mean to say if someone took a plane directly to the Arctic uh, Circle. So again, opinion number one: if you're in an area where there's no sunrise, no sunset, then you're 100%. Uh, you just go by the place you came from. That's the Tiferet Israel. But Shabbos over there is not really a Torah Shabbos because for Shabbos you need sunrise and you need sunset. You can't just say, well, let me just go by the port I left. So we saw last week the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos said if a person gets lost in the desert and they don't really know when Shabbos is, they just count six days and then they, on the seventh day, they celebrate Shabbos. The Gemara says, well, how can you work six days maybe that day is shabbos and the gemara says every day you only do what you have to do to survive but you don't uh, you, you try not to violate any halachot and that's for every single day of the week you just do what you need to survive and in shabbos you say kiddush that's what makes it unique but the concept is if you don't know if you don't really have a time you, you lost track of time you keep six days and the seventh you make holy so we're using that idea over here as well to say that, look, in the Arctic Circle, there really is no sunrise and sunset. There really is no Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. It doesn't exist. But we're keeping our own clock. It's the concept of the Gemara and Shabbos, our own clock. And therefore, when it reaches the seventh day, we actually keep we keep Shabbos. And we go by the time zone of the port that we left from. But Shabbos is not from the Torah. And then... You have, when well, we saw elaborately last week, we read inside the Minchat Elazar, the uh, famous, famous responsa from the Munkat Rebbe. And he starts saying, well, you know, it's really an issue. It's really a problem. Because if you left your house on Monday and you reached the Arctic Circle, then it still stayed Monday. The sun never set. You'll be Monday forever. So, yeah, we count six days in Shabbos. It's not from the Torah Shabbos, just rabbinical. But at the end of the day, it's basically halachically Monday forever. But what happens if you land there on Shabbos? Then it's Shabbos forever. Then you're really, really, really screwed. We saw that elaborately last week. At the end of the day, uh, the Munkat Rebbe was, uh, he said, look, there's no true way to resolve it. And therefore, the strong recommendation is to not go to a place where there is no sunrise or sunset at all. To just it's preferable to not go there. And if you do go there, you have the Deferet Israel that says you go by your port, but really you're going to an area which is which is no no time. It's like unbelievable. It's like there's no real, real Shabbos. Then there's another opinion, which I'd like to show you over here. Okay. Uh, let's see this over here. Here we go. Okay. You have a, an interesting paper written by Rabbi Yosef Chaim, the Ben Ishchai one of the most uh, famous poskim from Iraq. And he comes along with such a fascinating idea. It's unbelievable. He actually has a solution 
what to do in areas where there's no sunrise or sunset. Okay. But he says that historically speaking, it already happened in the world where there was no sunrise and sunset. Okay. Let's go while I search for it. Take a guess. When was the time? I'll give you a hint. It's in Sefer Breshit, where the whole world goes into turmoil and there was no sunrise or sunset. Again, not according to all opinions, but according to some opinions, the whole world went haywire for a nice amount of time. No sunrise, no sunset. Let's go. When was that time? Okay, yeah, yeah, Choshech. Interesting. That's how many he brings, but I did not think of that. It's actually a very good point. Very, the, very the good mabu. point. Well, with the Mabul, we didn't have the Torah yet and either. The Mabul. That's right. There's an argument in the Mabul if you actually had day and night and people didn't see it or you didn't have it at all. But let me just see that over here. Oh, one second. Uh, here we go. Vitzafeh Haiti. Yeah, five minutes. Okay. We'll do it. We'll complete it. Vitzafeh Haiti, La Rabbi Yosef Schwartz. Okay, I'll, I'll just transliterate as I go along. And he said, what are we going to do with those who, who dwell in the north? Okay? Uh, all 24 hours are either day and night. There, there is no morning, no night, no nothing. And then he says, one second, one second. The Gemara in Pesachim says, uh, why is this not scrolling? Okay. Okay. All right. When Noah, when he entered the ark, brought with him, uh, brought with him uh, diamonds and other gems. Okay. And when, and he he would be able to, he wanted to see what was going on outside. That's what it says in the Rishalmi. He would see when it was more light and less light, not when it was light and dark, but when it was, when they would uh, be less light, have less light or more light. In other words, basically, he says, there's an argument if there was sunrise, sunset in the era of the Mabul. But according to that, Yerushalmi, basically, the entire era of the Mabul, the Fize, here, so I'm going to show this to you over here. Hold on. Uh, here, the Fize, the Kol Shnot HaMabul Hayaolam Kulo Choshech. So basically speaking, the entire era of the Mabul, the whole world went into darkness. And therefore, if it's all in darkness, then how were they able to keep track of, of, of days? And we do see that the Torah says after 40 days, at this amount of days, and Torah talks about And then it says that the water is then for another 150 days. So the story of the Mabul is a lot more fascinating than we could possibly imagine. Says the Benishchai, Rabbi Yosef Chaim, says, unbelievable. Look, we see that there are opinions that in the Mabul the whole world went dark. And yet we count 40 days and 40 nights. So this is so brilliant. So therefore, how do we define days and nights? He says we define it by is by you know, even in the Arctic Circle. You have times where the sun is at its peak, and then there's like a sunrise and sunset. It's always light. And also when it's dark, it's always dark. But you have dark, darker, and then lightly dark, very dark, lightly dark, very dark. You have cycles over there too. So he said that he brought in gems, and so you actually put like in the windows over there to see the angles of this of the uh, of you know of the light from outside. 
So the end of the day, he said, so every 24 hours, therefore, is considered to be a day. So let's go. What would you recommend then to define uh, beginning of day or end of day? How many hours would you give the day? How many hours would you give the night in a scenario where there is no day and there is no night? What would you say? Hey, there's no day or no night. We're in the Arctic Circle, either in, in the winter, it's night all the time, just more light and less light, more night and less night, more dark and less dark. And in the summer, it's always light, either a little less light or more light, okay? So one opinion we saw before, there really is no such concept of days. It's only rabbinical. We keep six days in a Shabbos. Okay, that's what we do. And therefore, the, uh, the moon country says just, if you don't have to go there, don't go there. But according to the Rabbi Yosef Chaim, he said the same scenario happened in the Mabul, and yet we count days even though there was no day. So what would you recommend? Let's go. 24 hours in a day. How many of it should be day? How many of it should be night? What would you say? Okay. I could be facetious and say however long it took to feed and clean up after the animals was day. <laughs> okay, let's assume there is there is no real time. Okay, we just we just go like twenty four hour cycles. So just well, what would you do? Okay, someone say, listen, there is no day, there's no night, there's twenty four hours. How would you to give a day? How would you to give a night? Well, what you're saying, by the way, is correct, right? So, uh, what do we call the normal day, right? You say enough time to clean up and everything, right? People normally need, need how many hours they need per day, how much, how many hours per night, right? So it's about a, a normal day is about let's say twelve hours approximately, right? Let's just split it halfway, right? And then you have correct. That, that's really what you're saying, right? You need you need twelve hours of functioning. That's what you're saying, right? Basically. Right, you need enough time to function. More, more or less, but with that many animals, it could be a lot more than twelve hours. Two seconds, give us fourteen. <laughs> okay. How many animals so, did we have? Well, everything was a miracle anyway, you know. So um, the question is how how we had to pack in the miracle. So Maybe he basically. How did we say that there were six you know, days of creation also? When there was, there was ah. no, how is it relevant if there's no Torah and there are no people? How is it relevant whether it's day or night? Okay, what you're saying actually, okay, the, the whole Gemara talks about also about, you know, when a person, what you're saying, first of all, is very, very factual. The Gemara says, okay, you're stuck in the desert and you don't know. I, I see we're hitting the top of the hour, so I'll try, try to like keep it short. But the, the Gemara says, well, uh, what do we do? You lost track of time. You keep six days, and then Shabbos. The Gemara brings another opinion. It says, "I'm sorry. The first six days of creation, there were no people. There was no relevant to time at all." What you're saying is an explicit Gemara, and therefore the Gemara says the first day that people experience Adam and Eve were born on Friday. Their first full day was Shabbos. The world begins with Shabbos, and then six days. So you keep Shabbos, and then six days. So. What you're saying is 100%, 100% correct. So the Mabul was a very interesting period of time where there were people, but there were no times, again, according to according to uh, some opinions. And yet the Torah says we did keep uh, days, 40 days and 40 nights and so on. And so the we Mabul, do though, see... like it, it was facing the sun. Yeah. It's just that the sun was blocked, right? Uh, it, it, there's, nope. It's actually an argument. That, that, what you're saying is, is, is an argument where... 
It says that did God in the Mabul keep the regular world just just flood it, mm-hmm. or did God really uh, re reorganize even even heavens like basically uh, restart the entire the entire universe? That it, it is a discussion. Hmm. If God restarted the universe, at which point there was no winter, summer, there was no nothing. Everything recalibrated. Just to share the concept of the Mabul is we go back to Monday. What does that mean? Tuesday, the earth was created, and then plants and vegetation and everything else, and which finally eventually climated by human beings entering the earth. When the human beings so-called thin, it's not exactly that way. It's sort of like a like a so like a restart. So God says, okay, let's restart. Let's go back to Monday. That's the Mabul. And let's again begin creation. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. It's sort of, okay, not exactly, but the idea of let's like re- uh restart restart the whole system so the bottom line is what's beautiful over here is we see this and we see in some other places also makat choshech whoever said before makat choshech is a beautiful idea okay where you can see that the torah oh, also moshe rabbeinu he brings over here look 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 he says uh moshe rabbeinu went up to har sinai for 40 days and 40 nights and over there he was in a spiritual realm where there was no day, no night, like uh, you said before correctly, you know, it's it's a place where human people don't live in, in heaven, right? So Moshe Rabbeinu is in a place where he's in the spiritual realm of, you know, where the angels and the who are, right? And yet he keeps 40 days and 40 nights. How can it possibly be? So again, you see Except Rabbi, the concept. Those yeah. 40 days and 40 nights were counted by the populace, which is how they came to sin. That wasn't counted by Moshe. Uh, first of all, that's a beautiful, beautiful idea. Okay, but Moshe Rabbeinu says here. So, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu bekol tozman sheyab amarom. Okay, afal pi shelo ayaro emidat laylo midat yom. Okay, lo nashav tozman liyom echad. Okay, Midrash Tanhuma says that Moshe Rabbeinu kept. Kriyachma, in other words, in the morning he would say Kriyachma, and night he would say Kriyachma. That's a Medrash Tenchuma. Again, it's Medrash, okay? So if it's just counting the time, you're right. He brings over here the Medrash Tenchuma, which says that Moshe Rabbeinu actually kept his daily uh, his daily curriculum, even though he was up in a realm where there's, where there's, no, where there's no time. So basically, again, 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 it's a Medrash, but it's teaching us an idea. And this is the beautiful thing we talk about Judaism and tradition. When we now reach a case where there is no concept of day and night, we can turn around and say, one second, was there ever such a time in the world where there was no day and night? Well, yeah, there, there is a measure like that by Noah. There's a measure like that by Moshe Rabbeinu. The Moshe Rabbeinu had day and night, even though he had no day and night. And, and is that really what happened? Or Medrash is a uh, literal? No, but it's teaching us an idea. That you could have a day without having day and night. So therefore, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Paskin, that in a place where no day and night, we define day and night. And beautiful, Naomi, you're saying beautifully, the sun was not created till day four. And we see Vayhi Ere, Vayhi Boker, so there's a concept of day and night, okay? Even though you may not have day and night, okay? 
So let's go back and let's just, with your permission, and we're in the last minutes, let's, let's actually, I want to show you here. So the Starkey comes along again, uh, and they come along and they go, well, what do, what do our Meshgichim do? Okay, so they bring over here again uh, the Benishchai. According to the Benishchai, when the sun above the rise of 24 hours, he says in the morning, okay, Shabbos begins, let's forget, Shabbos will begin 18 minutes before 6 p.m., in other words, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. 6 a.m. is sunrise. 6 p.m. is sunset. Like the air of a Boker, we just define, we define a day as 24 hours, and we define a, a day as half day and half night, more or less. Like you're saying before, you, know, you need time to complete. You're suggesting enough, need a little bit more time. Okay? And therefore, what actually is, is the halacha? Okay, the halacha actually is that, <laughs> okay, first of all, in most places of the world, it's very, very, very rare that you have zero day and night. Most of the places in the world, you'll have day and night. It will just be very, very, very late or very, very, very early. But if, in fact, you were to go, let me skip to the end, okay? Winter in completely dark locations in summer north of the Arctic Circle, all right? So ideally, okay, due to various doubt, one should avoid living or visiting those areas. That's going, again, by the Teferi Trail and going by the Mooncatcher. You can really, really get messed up. Okay, but if you do end up going over there, then you would do as follows. One would begin in Chavez by the stricter opinions, which means you should go by 6 p.m. and 6 p.m. Okay, and that's definitely one one way of uh, of doing it. And then you, you have a few other restrictions over here in general. But the Ben Ishai helped us innovating the most amazing idea of, of viewing at the Torah already spoke about this concept of a day of a day without a day. Uh, by the way, I just want to share one point too, is that, uh, hey, by the way, it says it'll be here too, you know, you know, which we try to be a little, little bit more stringent and so on. It's a little, little more in, intrinsic, but basically the main opinions are either just don't go there. We have the opinion of the Ben Ishai. We have opinion that you go by the port you left. But anyway, outer space becomes even more interesting because over there, <laughs> over there, uh, basically, uh, one may perhaps rely on the Ferret Israel. It's very hard to say you go by the six hour because you're always, you know, you're moving. There's no such concept of 24 hours when, you, when, you, when you're in space. So perhaps in space, you could rely on the opinion of Ferret Israel. You go by the port from which you left. All these things are, are, are quite, 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 quite interesting. Let's just summarize and say as follows. Let's, let's actually close, okay? And say that uh, time zones and everything fit perfectly, perfectly, perfectly with Eretz Israel and with the area around. Also, as far as the international dateline, also as far as time zones. And the topics we discussed today, which now we're, we're summarizing is, number one, how do we deal with the dateline when we're going out of the reach, going like the areas like the islands in the, in, in the Pacific, you're going to Japan, you're going to Alaska, those areas, you know, which, which are far out. And we're trying to see how the Torah would relate to them. And now here we spoke about what do we do in time zones where there is no concept of sunrise, sunset. And just to end, we see two main opinions. We see opinions that say, look, there really is no solution. There really is no concept of day and night. And we'll keep Shabbos, but it's only rabbinical and better to not go there. Maybe go by the port you left from, or basically you're, you're, you're stuck. And then we see another opinion that says, no, we have such a concept in the Torah of no day and no night, and in a place where no day and no night, we call a day 24 hours, and 
12 hours a day, 12 hours a night, and that's actually the way we, uh, we behave. And uh, what's interesting also just to end is that you'll see, you see opinions that will say that in areas where it's all night, you can keep the night mitzvot, but the day mitzvot, you know, it's very hard to keep uh, from the Torah because there's no, there's no day and the, other, and, and the other way around too. If it's in the day, it's hard to keep the night mitzvot because you don't have any night. Again, there's a lot more uh, details over here, but the concepts over here, which is the main purpose of the shir, is we see that the Torah related to it and spoke about it. And that's really what the Mephoshim would come to show of, you know, let's find the sources that already spoke about this in the Torah already from, from, from way, back, way back when, okay? So this more or less concludes, I'll put all these Marimakomas up also on, on the sheet, on the, on the, on the sheer page to go over it, but it's absolutely, absolutely fascinating. So the Benish Chai, like, wow, you're right. The Torah did speak about the concept of this day and night, even though there's no actually sun, there's no actually darkness and light. There is a concept of Bayer, uh, Reboker, the concept does exist. Anyway, yeah, so that's the topic over here. Bishvat Hashem, in the next year, we have um, other topics also of new things that came into the world and how Halacha actually uh, dealt with them. Bishvat Hashem, more topics are still... Uh, uh, working on exactly what we'll uh, discuss in, in next year, but more and more topics. And again, the beautiful thing is to see uh, how Halacha dealt with these uh, brand new uh, situations. And again, trying to pull sources back from, uh, from, from different ideas we've seen in the Torah to be able to relate to these new cases. Anyway, that's kind for today. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a wonderful, safe week, Rabbi. Amen, amen, amen. You too. We share a lot of sorts of others, Radha Shem. Thank you.